do you do when you're a parent whose spouse is not moving in the same direction spiritually that you are? Maybe you're a single parent. Maybe you are the parent that uh, is a believer, but you're married to an unbeliever. Uh, or marry, maybe you're married to someone who just is not interested in things spiritual or assuming the role that God has assigned mm. to them to be the primary disciple maker in their home. Well, my name is Dan, and I'm with Ben. We're the teaching pastors at Life Fellowship in Metro Charlotte, North Carolina, and we're continuing our series today on family legacy, important topics that deal with discipling our children up in the nurture and admonition of the Lord. Ben, this is a frequent topic, but when you consider that 40% of, of um, uh, people in, in congregations today are single, yeah. and and that number is growing, mm-hmm. you add to the fact that, you know— um, Dominantly, historically, um, women tend to be more active in church than men. It's not a thing that we're proud of, but it is a reality we Mm -hmm. have to deal with. And we get asked this question quite frequently, particularly when we talk about the family, because often these people feel out of the mainstream. They feel left out. They feel unnoticed. And so that's why we wanted to discuss this today, to to consider giving some helpful advice and counsel, coaching and encouragement uh, to those who may feel like the entire weight of discipleship Mm. in their home lies on their shoulders. So give me some thoughts on this. And what Yeah, you- I mean, I appreciate what you said. I think, I mean, let's just be honest. You and I have probably at least once a, every few months, we get an email or mm-hmm. a, or a whatever. We get contacted by someone that's like, hey, this is my situation. Mm-hmm. And um, it's, I think the first thing to say is a lot of times I think people that are going through this, they feel alone. And mm-hmm. I think that what I would say is you're not alone. There's a lot of, uh, I, we, I think we gave three categories. You know, you're either a single parent and you're having to do a lot of things, right? Carry a lot of weight. Um, the other one is you're married to a non, non-believer. And so the things of God and the spiritual uh, discipleship in your home just isn't a priority for them. And then you have probably the most frustrating is the one who is married to a believer, but the believer is just kind of like, meh. Yeah. Like they're just apathetic towards now you handle that dear yeah, you, you, yeah. you kind of and, and and sometimes I think that might be the most frustrating uh when we talk to um people you know one of the individuals in that in a marriage um because in some ways the single parent and the parent of a uh, parent that's that's married to an unbelieving spouse they in some ways kind of understand that there's limitations on what they can expect hmm. I think the other the third the third one where you you you're like, I know you're a Christian, but you're not doing what you should. I think the hard part with that is that there's such a, there's an expectation of, hey, you should be doing this. And when they're not, that's where it get, feels very frustrating. And so I'm um, not saying that the other ones aren't frustrating, but I also want to just say this. If this is your situation, I want you to know that our heart goes out to you. Um, you really are... I want you to know that you're you're supported, and we want to encourage you at our at our church here at Life Fellowship because we understand that um, you know, it's it's a heavy responsibility when you feel like you don't have a partner in life for these things, and so um, I just want you to know that that we don't take these kinds of things lightly, and we just want to thank you for caring about the things of God and and the spiritual dis- uh, discipleship in your home. Um, so I, I would start with that. The, the second thing I would say is, and I'm gonna I'm gonna address single parents and 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 parents that have an unbelieving spouse first because I think they have more in common than the other one. Okay. Um, the first thing I would say is 
you're going to have to just take the lead and say, hey, I, I, I know that I can't depend on other people to to disciple my, my sons, my daughters, whatever it might be. Um, I'm going to have to come up with a plan and I'm going to have to execute that plan. And, you know, I'm just going to have to do it. I, I think of a great example of this would be Susanna Wesley. Mm. You're familiar with Susanna Wesley? Oh, absolutely, yeah. Um, she, she was actually, she's, so she's the mother of uh, John Wesley and Charles Wesley, two of the great rev- revival leaders in the Great Awakening. Found, founder of the Methodist founder Church. Founder of the Methodist <laughs> Church. Um, and Susanna Wesley, I think they had like, I don't know, it was over 12 kids, I it was think. a whole bushel. It was a whole <laughs> lot. I don't know if I... I a quiver. Um, but she was actually married to a minister and who was a, is a deadbeat. I mean, a deadbeat husband, father. And she took on the responsibility of discipling her kids. I mean, the things that she wrote to her children are just phenomenal. And so she realized I can't trust my husband, even though he's a pastor, Mm -hmm. he was an ordained Anglican minister, but he, because of a number of things, he just, he, he was completely unreliable. She took the lead at teaching her kids right and wrong, the, the word of God, making sure that they were clothed, making sure that they were in church, making sure like she was the one. And so I, the first thing I would say is, Sometimes you just have to take the lead hmm. on these things and just say, I, I know it's not the ideal. I know it's not something that I would have ever chosen, but it's it's the it's the opportunity that God has placed before me, and I'm just going to have to do it. I think that's kind of the the first thing I would have to say. What what about you? Well, and and I agree with that. And and the other thing is be realistic about your situation. Excellent. Idea. Um, you cannot do it all. You cannot have it all. Um, and and make sure that. When, when you're setting objectives and goals for the discipleship of your family, you have realistic expectations and that realization on yourself as well. Um, every kid is different, so every strategy has to be different. Mm-hmm. Every family is different. Mm-hmm. Every dynamic. Your your husband may be passive or he he may be hostile. Mm-hmm. Um, or your wife may be, may be um, um, passive-aggressive. Mm-hmm. And, um, or you may be suddenly widowed. Hmm. Uh, so there's a, a ton of different. Yeah, circumstances. there's so many nuances. Yeah, to this. so like all the other issues of of parenting and leading your family, there's no secret sauce. There's no silver bullet. There's no magic formula. Yeah, and you're going to have to just day by day seek the Lord and try to set the right example, and and understand that when you're dealing with discipleship, you're dealing with the spiritual domain. A lot of that is out of your control. Mm. So you can set the example. You can put the right influences in. You can educate them well, but ultimately every young person is responsible. For what they do with truth. Yeah. Um, that's really good. I th- and I, I love that idea of setting, having a proper expect, like d- don't think, don't, don't have unrealistic expectations. Yeah. I think that's really, really important. Um, okay. So I've got a couple more. The second thing I would say is proactively seek influences for your children. And, but what I would say is this, seek supplements, not substitutes. That's such a great one. Because say, say that again. Make sure you're making okay, proactively seek influences for your children. So if you've got if you're a dad and you've got some you've got a couple daughters, find another godly woman in the church that can can be a, a grandmother or yeah. another but but, but do it, not it's a supplement. Supplement not, not a substitute. Absolutely. They have a mother or yeah. you know what I mean? That's right. Look for people who can be that kind of aunt voice, grandmotherly voice, but they're not going to be their, their, their mom or their dad. And I think, um, you don't want to dishonor the, if you are married, you don't want to dishonor that relationship, that the role that your spouse has in their life. 
Um, but but I do think there is something about proactively seeking influences for them. Um, so I think, I, and the great thing is about a local church is they're around every corner. I mean, mm-hmm. if your kids are going to kid life, you've got, I'm sure they're, contact Rebecca Peters, our children's director. Mm-hmm. She would, I'm sure if you're in that situation, she's got someone that can help you. It's the same yeah. thing with our student ministry. I mean, we've got amazing, godly student life le- sh- le- leaders that, that, have the heartbeat to invest into that next generation. And I would just pause here for this commercial break. (laughs) (laughs) I would challenge folks to be the influence. Mm. There are people in every church who can be that influence for somebody else. A hundred percent. You know, and sometimes people are like, oh, God didn't give me a spouse. I'm a second class person. Oh, no, you're not. Mm. You're a potential influence. Or if you were widowed young, or if you're a grandparent, or if you moved here from another city, or Or God didn't give you- Or you're empty nesters. Empty nesters. Or God didn't give you children at all. Yeah. You can still step into the role of an influencer, which is different than parent parenting. And in many ways, it's even better because you don't have to pay the bills and you can also <laughs> send them home when you're done. So <laughs> there, there, there's an upside to it. Absolutely. And, and, and I think we touched on this at a previous episode, but every kid needs other influences besides their parents. Absolutely. So it's yeah. not it's not like a, you're not it's not like this is rocket science. This is something that you should be doing. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, the other thing I would just say is. You in the Holy Spirit are enough. Mm-hmm. I really don't think that you are somehow um, handicapped. I look at I look at the uh, the example in Scripture of uh, Timothy, and he had he had a, a mother and a grandmother that Paul referenced, um, and he said, "Listen, you come from a a godly heritage." And he doesn't name any males; he names females. And he said, these women, your mother, your grandmother, have taught you the scriptures. Hmm. And I think about that. Um, here's a man who was Paul's, one of Paul's apprentices, one of Paul's um, disciples, who was, you know, an amazing, used greatly by God. And he was not hindered by his upbringing. Obviously, we know that he didn't have a a uh, a, 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 a believing you know, father or, or, and so knowing that, um, and just another example, Paul was that outside influence, right? He was that person that, that kind of took Timothy underneath his wing, um, and, and really cared for him and discipled him in another way. And I just think that you knowing that, uh, Timothy's mom and grandmother didn't look and say, oh man, we, we just, there's nothing, he's, there's no hope for him. And I think they took the responsibility of his, of his discipleship seriously enough that Paul knew, hey, you wouldn't be where you are today without those two women in your life. Mm. And I think that's just so profound. Yeah. I love I love the you know the 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 purity too of don't try to give your kid everything. Try to give them what is important. Mm. Uh, and, you know, when John was writing his final epistle, uh, you know, he said, I have no greater joy than to hear that my children are walking in the truth. Mm. And he's, it wasn't, I have no greater joy than to find out that they are financially independent mm. or that they have a good education or that they're happy or all the other things he could have said. So when it comes right down to it, if my kids are walking in truth, 
I've been a success. And he was talking about his spiritual children here. Right, I understand right. that. But I think that ought to be true for all of us. We spend so much time, effort, and energy, and we evaluate our success based on whether kids made the honor roll, yeah. whether they made the yeah. starting five, yeah. whether or not they, you know, they're happy. Mm. <laughs> no teenager's happy. What are you talking about? <laughs> so, but, but if they're walking in truth, you've hit a home run, dude. Yes. And rejoice in that and let that be your goal. Yes. And if they, and if, let me, let me just also say this. And if they don't, don't blame it on the singleness or the the aloneness. That like, oh, if I only had a spouse that was like this, it would be different. I mean, because yeah, God is never limited by what we like. <laughs> I mean, I think I re- yeah. that's so important. And just to know this that um, even even in conditions of less than ideal, um, God can do anything. And if and if and if your son or your daughter does not end up walking with God, it does not mean it's a reflection of of you and of your situation. I think that because you and I both know of parent godly parents who've had children. I mean, they've had a great mother and a great father and had every benefit to the, you know, given to them. And they start like, meh, do what I want. Yeah. You know? And that's no call on our part to be negligent about what we do, but we, we have to see the spiritual nature and, and the mystery of how God works absolutely in his sovereign will in individuals' lives. hundred percent. And we have to trust God. The the other thing, and I, you know, I'm living this in my own family is as long as there's breath, there's hope. Amen. And you just can't give up. You can't quit praying. And, you know, one of the things, if you've ever, I I would urge you to read Susanna Wesley's autobiography Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. because one of the things she was was a praying mother. Oh, you got (laughs) that right. And uh, we can only do what we can do and then God will do what only God can do. Vance Havner said that. And and, uh, that prayer is that key element to Mm. that. And how many people have been brought to Christ because of the faithfulness of their mother and father's prayers? Amen. And, And I'm sure that's something we'll never know. So I've got a couple things of what not to, I, and I guess I'm more talking to people who have a spouse who's maybe a believer, but they're checked out. And I, and I have more, there's some negative, uh, I guess some do not do this, mm. right? Because I think what I see from these kinds of spouses are because they have the expectation of, Hey, you should be doing better at this, you know, or we should be a team in this. And they're, and they don't feel like they feel like they're alone. Um, Here's some things of what not to do. And the first thing I would say is don't nag, prod, or guilt trip your spouse into doing anything mm. because that will only last one or two days. Yeah. And, you know, you and I both known people that are like, you know, the spouse is just that, you know, mm-hmm. come on, come on, come on, mm-hmm. come on, come on. And, yeah. and at some point you have to let let the Holy Spirit do the work in your spouse's life. I you, think it's First Peter three that talks about that, and you ought to memorize that yes, passage. Yes, yes. First Peter chapter three about women being this influence on their husbands with their conduct, mm. right? And I think that's so important that you're showing them this this way of life, and and so I, I just think it's if if you take on the role of the Holy Spirit in your spouse's life, it's it's never going to produce. The work of and, the spirit. and in fact, it may it may create a wall where a bridge needs to exist, mm. and that's one of the messages of of First Peter chapter yeah. three is that through and and you know people want to make this a sexist passage, and it's really not because when when we understand the differences in men and women, you treat a man like a man, he's going to respond like a man. Mm. <laughs> um, but there's a softness that in a, a man's heart toward a woman and should be um, that that properly used, not mm. manipulated, but used 
will will convict. The Holy Spirit convicts us through our wives. It convicts us if we love each other. Yeah. And so, I, I, I great point. That's a great yeah. way to start. And 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 to build off of that, I would say, um, pray and be patient. Mm-hmm. You know, you talk about prayer for our children. You know, pray for your spouse and don't do it out of a, come on, God, where mm-hmm. are you? It's mm-hmm. it's God. If you genuinely care for your spouse's heart and mind and soul, um, you're going to, you know this, when God moves, God moves, God changes people. Mm-hmm. God can flip someone's world upside down. And I know this, that when, if I've tried to do, if I've tried to be the work of the Holy Spirit in my own kids' lives, I can get them to do what I want them to do for about a day to a week, mm-hmm. but it never lasts. But when God gets a hold of their life, it's forever. Mm-hmm. And I think that's what we have to do is just be patient and say, all right, God, I'm going to trust in you. I'm going to wait on you. Even though my you know, my timing is much different than yours, I'm, I'm going to trust that you know what you're doing with my husband. You're, I know what you're doing with my wife. And I don't have to get ahead of you. I just need to be faithful to do what you're calling me to do. Um, and 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 so and then the last point I would say is don't wait for the ideal. Hmm. If you're just if you're saying, well, I can't I can't disciple them. There's nothing I can do because my 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 husband, my wife, they won't partner with me to do this, and so we're not doing anything. Well, don't let that stop you. Right. Do something. Right. Make a plan. Execute the plan. Like like if they're not going to do it, say all right, hey, hey, do you mind if we just get together at seven o'clock every night, read a Bible story, and pray together? No, oh, that's fine. All right, great. I'm going to start doing that. Mm-hmm. And you don't you don't have to be like you know, I wish I wish you would have done it. Like again, don't be the nag, don't be don't don't be the guilt trip person. Don't be huff and puff to show them that you're displeased with them. Do it with a with a gentle spirit. Do it with a kindness of heart. Um and do it for your kids and just let the Holy Spirit have the time and you know, you do it and hopefully over time in God's perfect way, he's going to work in that that spouse's life. Uh, that's so particularly important. You know, in parenting, a lot of times we need to remember that perfection is the enemy of the possible. Ooh, that's good. And if, if, like that. if all we're doing is demanding perfection, whether it's from our children, from our spouse, or from ourselves, mm. um, it's going to blind us to the other opportunities. Mm. And the reality is there are some wonderful stories of people who grew up in broken homes. Every and you know this is true about my family, mm-hmm. <laughs> and everybody we know, everybody's family is a complete dumpster fire in at least one room of that family, right? <laughs> I mean, there is oh, yeah. something going on. I have said this: every family is dysfunctional. Every family is dysfunctional. I just a matter of what kind of dysfunctional family. Yeah, my you kids, are. my kids should be in therapy for the rest of their life just because they were, <laughs> you know, burels. <laughs> the, the, the fact is, there are no perfect. If it's not imperfect now, hang on, because it's get, getting ready to be that yeah. way. But in, in that's where God's grace is so amazing and stunning at times. And I, I look, at, I look at my my wife who who grew up in 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 a, a real super middle class home in South Florida, or whatever. But her her dad was not a good man. Mm. He was mean. He was a drunk. Mm. He was he was abusive. Uh, just just. And her mom was like the absolute 
antithesis, the polar opposite. Mm. And it makes you wonder, how did the two of them get together? You know, and you see that yeah. sometimes. But her mom never criticized her dad in front of the kids. Mm. They didn't, she didn't need to. Kids are not stupid. They can see the mm. difference between the parallels of their lives. Yeah. Um, and in the end, the tragedy was my wife's mom died prematurely, a horrific death of cancer mm. when the kids were still teenagers. Mm. But the role model, even of the grace during suffering, all of those things left impressions on those kids mm. that impacted who they became. Mm. And, you know, I, I look at my wife and the godly example that she has been to our children and to other, other women. Um, and people tell me all the time, if you'd only known her mother, if you know, I've never met, I never met her mother. Mm. But I know this, the legacy is, is of a quiet, consistent, steady, biblically based example That's right. in her life and in the life of so many others. That's right. And the story's not told until the story's over. Yeah. And and I so for that. every parent that that feels inadequate, feels feels ripped off maybe. Mm-hmm. Um may, maybe feels like, you know, my I didn't dream this for my family. Don't give up that hope. Yeah. If you'll be consistent in your day-to-day walk. That's good. Is there any final words I, I the only thing I would say is this and I think I've mentioned this before at other podcast but um you know if you have a if you have a spouse whether it's unbelieving or or believing um but they're not you know they're not who they should be or or you have higher ideals for them the only thing i would just say is don't bash them to other people i mean i think um my wife had a rule when she was leading the women's bible bible women's ministry at, at my old church uh she had a rule that hey no, there's not bashing husbands here mm-hmm. and, you know, husbands can do it just as much as wives can. Yeah. Um, but it's sometimes easy because I'm, you're looking for sympathy to, I want someone to understand and understand this. God empathizes and sympathizes with you more than anyone. Mm-hmm. And not, not saying that you shouldn't share your burdens, but do it in a respectful way so that if your wife or husband does come around, they don't feel like People have a negative view towards them. So anyways, that, that'd be my final thing. Well, that 21 minutes went by very, very quickly. Yes, and as always, we appreciate you listening in on our conversations here at Life Talks. And whether you are a parent who's on your own um, to some degree in discipling your kids, or whether you have a very supportive parent, um, or whether you're not a parent at all, uh, God will still use you mm. to be a voice of influence in the lives of others if you'll just be aware, if you'll pray, if you'll be watchful, and if you'll be willing. As always, thank you so much for listening to us at Life Talks. If you want to share us, please do that on your social media network. If you have any kind of question or topic you'd like to see us explore, uh, please share that with us at lifetalks@lifecharlotte.com. Until next time, thanks as always for joining us here at Life Talks. You've been listening to Life Talks. Be sure to hit the subscribe button so you never miss a new episode. Share this podcast on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter to let your friends and family know about Life Talks. We'd love to hear from you as well, so leave a comment and let us know your thoughts on this episode or any other topics we've discussed. Life Talks is a ministry of Life Fellowship in Cornelius, North Carolina. For more information on Life Talks or Life Fellowship, visit lifecharlotte.com or you can find us on Facebook at Life Fellowship Charlotte.